This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Grant and Danny. No, Danny. He is out sick today. You are listening to 106.7 The Fan. We'll expect Danny to be back and better than ever on Monday. Hopefully he'll be feeling better. Uh, We promised you here at the top of the hour that we would give away a final four-pack for the week. We've been giving these away all week long. These are tickets to the D.C. Defenders. You're getting four of them if you're caller number 10 right now at 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Congrats to the winner, the Defenders. Sunday, February 19th, that is this Sunday, Audi Field, 8 p.m., in D.C., they're taking on the Seattle Sea Dragons. You can get your season tickets and be there all season long for $20 per game as a starting point for those packages. Buy now at XFL.com slash tickets, or you can go to the fan, DC.com slash contest. Also, come early Sunday to get your game day giveaway. The Defenders are giving away rally towels, we're being told, to the first 10,000 fans, which is pretty cool. And we've actually got some things cooking as well. The D.C. Defenders have a return to D.C. fan event this Saturday ahead of the game over on the Capitol Riverfront from 2 to 5, right before kickoff. And uh, Defenders players are going to be there and a a bunch of uh, folks from the organization. And, in fact, we'll be broadcasting live from uh, FanFest as well before the game. Giveaways, all kinds of events, 6.30, music, fun. So come get ready for kickoff. Should be a really neat time downtown in D.C., ahead of Defenders football. Uh, Joe Beninati is going to join us in just a moment to break down the Capitals game. They are outdoors in Raleigh to take on the Hurricanes tomorrow night. I'm here in Carolina getting ready for the game. We're going to catch up with Joe B. in just a few minutes to discuss how critical a matchup this is for Washington. But if you look at the standings right now, man, are they in a precarious spot. Because Washington has a plethora of teams nipping at their heels. And they have been the last team in, so to speak, as the last wild card post-All-Star break for a little while here. But there's a bevy of clubs kind of all jumbled up. And several of them have a few games fewer played than the Capitals. And so when you've got those games in hand, as they call them, meaning you've played more times than your opponents – You need to be in the clear by two or four or six points. And if you're not, other team wins those games, you could be in big, big trouble. So I am curious to see now what the Caps look like and how they play in the next couple of weeks ahead. There are a lot of moving parts for them getting back on track. Most notably, 
They've got to get healthy. They've got to get their best players back on the ice. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is away from the team. His father passed away, which is awful and tragic. He's going to take the time that he needs with his family in Russia, and he'll come back here to the States and rejoin the club. Presumably, we know he's not going to play tomorrow. You would think he might miss another game or two after that. But he will be back sooner rather than later. That's not ideally for the organization, you know, a long-term absence. Uh, that's a shorter-term thing. So Ovi, who's their leading goal scorer and kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink, is going to be a pivotal piece to the puzzle for them to get back. It goes without saying, but that's not the only piece, right? Tom Wilson has played very minimally this year. They got him back, and while they were at their hottest, he was on the precipice of returning. He was playing pretty good hockey, took a puck to the lower extremity, to the leg. He hasn't played since. He's their power forward. He's a guy they have to have. They haven't been able to get production uh, or just him even on the ice, but from that top-line position like they want in replacing him. One of the players that they actually thought would be most reliable in helping replace him this year tore his ACL and hasn't played since the start of the season. And so it, it's been kind of one thing after another for the Capitals here over the course of the campaign. But I'll tell you this. If they can get Willie back, if they can get Nicholas Backstrom back, if they are able to get, uh, excuse me, not Backstrom, but uh, Nick Dowd back, if they're able to get to a point where they're healthy enough with John Carlson on the blue line into the playoffs, Tom Wilson as a power forward providing points and contact, physicality, helping them once again with their best players on the ice string together. That stretch that they had where they're winning six out of eight, getting points in eight out of ten games, they're going to be exactly where they need to be. And I really do believe this. I think if they can get to a point where they are in the playoffs, I don't care how they get there, by one point or six points if they're above where they currently are, where they're a point behind the Penguins for a wild-card spot, or if they're in the last team in, I really don't care. Their goaltending is good enough to win a series. Now, you would probably be cannon fodder if you're the last team in for one of the great teams in hockey, but in the past couple of years, I didn't think they could win in the the postseason because they didn't have the goaltending to do it. This year, going out and getting Darcy Kemper, bringing in Chuck Lindgren, they have had much better goaltending. Those two guys could both, I think, win playoff games and steal a series, so to speak. So I do feel better about the construction for the playoffs just based on who's in net. Their problems really are just a a lack of bodies that matter, and their goal scoring has completely dried up at this point. I mean, their goal scoring has come apart at the seams, it would appear. They have been two or fewer goals prior to last night. I think it was something like 10 out of 12 games. I mean, it's gotten really ugly for them trying to put the puck in the net. The Ovechkin absence coming at the worst possible time. Uh, But we'll track down Joe B and discuss this more with him in a moment. I'm a little distracted here because I'm actually getting some texts and looking at some information right now. It sounds like based on what we're hearing out of Ashburn and what I'm being told is that uh, the commanders have indeed – offered Eric Bieniemy the coordinating job today and that now the work begins to finalize the contract and the hope is that sometime tonight or tomorrow this is going to be done. So the ball is slowly being inched down the field here, but again, 
It sounds like he has been offered the job by the commanders, according to what I'm being told, a source saying that they are working to finalize the contract. So this might be the closest thing we've got to confirmation that this is going to happen. Now, does he accept the job right away tonight? Does he wait till tomorrow? When does the news break, or does the team make the announcement? If I had to guess, like the commanders on their own social media account, or however it is that they're going to release their statement, they're not going to put that out probably right away. It might be before tomorrow. But they have offered him the job formally. Ball's in his court. He left the Super Bowl parade to go meet with Ron Rivera and company. He didn't do that because he was going to waste two or three days having a meeting with the commanders and go through all the details and all the specifics and everything going on only to not accept the job, right? So this is going to happen. It's going to go down. Eric Bieniemy is going to be the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, it would appear. What if he turned them down? I mean, how crazy, based on everything we've heard, would that be? And, and I think that that is not in the cards. That's not going to be happening. But it just seems like such a foregone conclusion. Now you're hearing that they've offered him the job, that that part of this is over, that the, the, they're done meeting with him. He's just got to say yes and put pen to paper. It would almost be like what we're talking about with the ownership situation right now with Dan Snyder, <laughs> where we've all just kind of decided this is going to happen. The reporting had us all ready to just claim victory. Dan Snyder is selling, and now you're starting to hear some conflicting thoughts that maybe he's not going to. You can buy those or not. But I, I think the enemy this evening, tomorrow, this gets done. He's your offensive coordinator here in D.C. But that is the latest, again, from a source close to the situation saying the commanders have indeed offered Eric Bieniemy the job. You know, we started the show asking you, would this be a single extra base hitter home run higher? How would you grade it out? I've gotten a lot of responses to that on social media at Grant H. Paulson, and there's one kind of thought that I keep seeing that I don't really understand, and that is people are suggesting that this is risky, or that it would appear like the commanders think they know more than other teams know. And I think that's completely flawed. It's it's misguided. They're not hiring the enemy to be a head coach. 16, 17 teams have interviewed him and said, no, we're not going to hire you as a head coach. They're hiring him to be an offensive coordinator. He probably could have got hired to be an OC in 25 or 26 cities over the last few years. He's overqualified for this job. Just because you're not a head coaching candidate doesn't mean you're not a great offensive coordinating option. So I keep seeing this response where people go, oh, all these teams interview him and don't hire him. Of course, Washington thinks they know better. No, it's two completely different jobs. Nathaniel Hackett might not be a good head coach. He proved that in Denver. He was a goose. But he was an excellent OC for the Packers. Doesn't mean the Jets shouldn't hire him as a coordinator because he was a bad head coach. He's not calling timeouts anymore. He's not running the organization anymore. He's just calling plays and organizing the offense, which he's done at a high level already. And we can get back into this in just a little bit, but let's get Joe Beninati on the air. We, we got him right now on the BetQL guest hotline. Joe B., how you doing, buddy? Brent, I'm doing really well, thank you, and I apologize. The uh, 
the college lacrosse program that I've been shadowing all day today decided to go for a two-and-a-half-hour practice. Wow, uh, how before, about that? Before a noon game. I, I, I follow around too many soft professional athletes who would have bailed a long time ago. <laughs> That's funny. Well, no worries at all. We appreciate you hopping aboard. Um, I just started talking about the Caps, and then, of course, I, my phone starts blowing up with people around the Commanders and, and uh, Eric Bieniemy saying what, what was going on there. So it sounds like they've offered him the job. But I do want to uh, discuss Caps-Canes with you for just a moment. I'm going to be at the game tomorrow. Very, very excited about it. Outdoor series, fourth time the team has gotten to play outside. Still a really big deal and quite an honor for these players and, and organizations. Grant, dress warmly. Don't be confused by being in North Carolina. It's not exactly the same as an outdoor game in St. Paul, Minnesota, but it will be cold tomorrow. Um, and the league does a brilliant job uh, of making these stadium series and winter classic games showcase events. And when you're selected to play in one, as the Caps have been before and as they are going to do tomorrow night, it's an honor. And you know you want to put your best foot forward. The team is coming off of a rough home stand where they did not perform very well. There's a lot of things that are going on for the Caps, both on and off the ice. But when you get outside, you're surrounded by friends and family. The the family's going through a, a practice and family skate tonight in advance of tomorrow's festivities. It's a it's a grand event, and you want to be at your best. For these players who have not played an outdoor game, or because it's just such a rare process, I am curious how important you know the skate is at the facility today, and just kind of getting. Uh, some of the the nuances of of the stadium down as they'll be outside in a a college football stadium. It's got to be a really, really strange experience. On so many occasions, the guys who have played outdoors have continued to rave about the ice-making facility, the ice-making plant that the league uses from city to city. And and the thing that, you know, the only thing from a weather standpoint, guys, that's bad potentially is rain. Other than that, they can deal with the 60-degree temperatures. It doesn't have to be, you know, 20 or 15 degrees to have good ice. So that's what you're trying to check out in a practice situation like tonight. The other thing, especially for goalkeepers, is the lighting. Uh, it's an Obviously, it's a night game, so you're, you're concerned about that. The lights will be on while they're practicing uh, later on today. Those sorts of things. When you're ever, Whenever you go to a new rink, the guys are always testing the boards, there's a lot of um, you know geometry that's involved as far as dump-ins as to where you need to place it on the board, what kind of carom you're going to get. So it's almost like you're playing a, a game of billiards. You want to see what kind of bounces you're going to get in the new arena. But all, all in all, depth perception is big. You can't, you're not going to duplicate the 50-plus thousand fans that you're going to have tomorrow at the practice. But from a depth standpoint, a lot of it has to do with goalie vision issues. And I know Darcy and Charlie will be working their way through it tonight. Joe Beninati on Grant and Danny. A couple of moments left ahead of the biggest Caps regular season game, maybe, of the season. Uh, they're playing the Hurricanes, or the top team in the division. If you look right now at the wild card standings, I mean, they are tied for that last spot with one game in hand over Florida. But they are one point ahead of the Islanders, two points ahead of Detroit, only four points ahead of Buffalo. Things are getting nerve-wracking here, Joe B. No doubt, no doubt. And, uh, you know, we began last night's game in a situation where there were five teams that you figured uh, battle, six teams that you figured were battling for those wild card spots, separated by five total points, that means it's going to be an amazing race. 
in the end towards the tail end of February, March, and April. And Washington needs to pick it up. They just do. To go through a homestand like they just completed without picking up a, a point is so rare. And I, I, the offense and the power play right now is sputtering. They need in the worst way, and it would be a terrific thing for them to do it, against a high-powered Carolina team on a national stage to find their offensive game, to, things, to see things click, to see them put up four or five goals would be the best medicine for what's going on right now. All right, before I let you go then, any thought to how they get this thing turned around? Is it just as simple as getting their most important players back and that'll fix all of their evils? Of course that would help, but I'll, I'll dovetail this back into the subject that you were talking about when we started the interview. It's about the passing game, just like it is for the commanders. It's about the passing game. When the Capitals play well, when they're connected, they move the puck extremely well. They pass it well. The passes are tight. They're crisp. They're not spread out and stretched all over the place. It's about the passing game. And, yes, sure, when Alex Ovechkin gets back and his mind hopefully is cleared, you know, that obviously helps. When Tom Wilson returns, hopefully tomorrow, maybe uh, by next week, either way, that helps. The more Nick Dowd, it gets better and feels better and returns to action. Of course, those things help. But for me, when the Caps are playing well, they pass the puck uh, efficiently, and that needs to happen starting tomorrow. Joe Beninati, you can watch him all season long, calling Caps games on NBC Sports Washington. Really appreciate the time. Thank you, and Thanks for crowbarring a couple of minutes in for us after the marathon practice you were covering. (laughs) You ain't kidding. Anytime. You know that. See you, buddy. We've got some breaking news to tend to. You knew this would be the case with Danny out sick today on G&D. And this breaking sports news is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. According to Tom Palacero, the commanders and Eric Bieniemy have agreed to terms on a multi-year deal uh, to become an assistant head coach, offensive coordinator uh, for head coach Ron Rivera, and that's according to his agent, Jason Fletcher, and we'll have more on this at the bottom of the hour in the Sports Flash. I'm Craig Heist on The Fan. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, uh, Eric Bieniemy has been tremendous for us and I think is tremendous for the National Football League and I'm hoping he has an opportunity to go somewhere and, and, uh, and you know, do his thing where he, he can run the show and, and be Eric Bieniemy. Um, so, uh, and then after that, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who... Uh, is going to go. Um, I always wish our guys the best of luck um, and, and opportunity. That's uh, that's what they, what all of them deserve. They, they work hard, and if they can get a promotion somewhere that I can't give them, uh, more power, more power to them. That clip of Andy Reid is significant. As we welcome you back on Grant and Danny, without Danny, you're listening to the fan. So it starts with Reed talking about wanting the best for Bienemy, wanting him to become a head coach, and if he le- needs to leave to get the uh, type of respect and credit and attention that Reed feels like he deserves, then that's what's going to have to happen. But the second part, I think, is really 
also big to Washington as he acknowledged that there will be other guys from his staff that will follow the enemy for bigger roles, right? Maybe your running backs coach or something becomes a run game coordinator or your wide receivers coach becomes a pass game coordinator. Or he takes a, a tight ends coach and makes them some type of high-ranking assistant under him on offense. You know when you're a head coach, if you let a coordinator leave, whether that's to be a head coach or for a quote-unquote lateral move, this one isn't because he'll be calling plays and he wasn't before. But you know that that coordinator is going to take with them some of the best assistants on that staff as well. And Reed acknowledged that after the Super Bowl in saying, yes, if, if this has to happen and this is the only way to get Eric a head coaching job, then we want him to go have success and flourish elsewhere. And he's going to take some of our guys with him. And to that I say, bring as many people from the Kansas City Offensive Brain Trust as possible to the nation's capital, Eric Bieniemy. The breaking news of the day via Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, Bieniemy has agreed to terms on a multi-year deal as the assistant head coach and the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Now, this is coming directly from his agent, and it's not a sourced report. Pelissero is naming the agent. He says, Jason Fletcher, Bieniemy's agent, told him that Bieniemy has agreed to the deals. What's interesting about this is, I told you guys about 10 minutes ago, right, or 10 minutes before this, we got the text here at 106.7. The fan, we were told the commanders have offered him the job. Now the commanders kind of wait. Well, pretty clearly, I guess Bieniemy had decided to accept the job because it was his agent moments later that told NFL Network that the deal has been struck. They've agreed, which it was just termage. Uh, terminology, rather, it's verbiage, to say he hasn't signed yet, but they have a contract agreement in place verbally. Uh, Kansas City was hoping that the enemy, if he didn't get this job, was going to stay on as their OC. But Andy Reid has told him, dating back to last year, from what I've gathered, that it is time to leave the nest, to fly with your own wings. And that's the only way you're going to get a head coaching job. So that's what he's doing. He's coming here. Now, the multi-year deal I don't think should... Be a surprise. You're not taking a job leaving a situation as cushy and good as the Kansas City gig to sign a one-year deal. That's not happening. You need some commitment. You need uh, the financial ability over a couple of years to make sure this is worthwhile. I'd get. I'd guess he got a massive raise or a pretty substantial raise. And even though if everything works out, he'll be gone in one year because he'll be a head coach, you still sign on for multiple years because worst-case scenario, the offense doesn't flourish this year and you don't get head coaching interviews next year. Uh, maybe things go poorly here and everyone gets fired. You know, if you have a three-year deal, you got to be paid out for two more years after that. So uh, Eric Bieniemy would have been smart to get as many years on his deal as possible, frankly, because you can always leave a contract to go get a head coaching job. No one's going to prohibit you from doing that. You don't owe any money on the back end. You just put that into the deal. Hey, I'll sign a five-year contract at the highest rate of any coordinator in the league or, you know, top-shelf money. And in the meantime, if I get a offer to go be a head coach, the contract is broken. And the commanders say, okay, where do we sign? So the, the, I see a lot of people reacting that they're surprised it's, it's a multi-year deal. That was always going to be the case. Uh, here is where we can start off the conversation now as we react on the phones. I got some time for you guys at 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We'll get Ben Standing of The Athletic on the show 
at the top of the hour in 25 minutes to give us all the nuts and bolts from this story and all the details that we need. But we are the fan because we're uh, – you know, a conduit for you guys and a chance sometimes for you guys to tell us what you think about things. And we have been saying for days this might happen, and now it has. It's official. It's going down. According to Pelissero, the deal has been struck. So we're getting your reactions at 800-636-1067. I want to know who we should give credit to here. I want to know what do we attribute this incredible hire to, you know, this massive acquisition for the organization. And again, don't hear that and take it as me saying there's no way this doesn't work out really well or that the enemy automatically makes this offense great. I don't know that that's going to be the case. But hiring a coordinator who has run an offense that has been the best in the sport for five years is a massive hire. Bringing in an assistant from the reigning Super Bowl champions in what is not literally but technically a lateral move shouldn't be possible. You shouldn't be able to go get an OC who's working with the best coach in the league right now in Andy Reid, the most successful coach, who's working in the best building in the league where they get to the championship game in their conference every year where they've won divisions for five years, who is coaching and shoulder-to-shoulder and alongside the best quarterback in the NFL and be able to get that guy to come to your building to work with your rookie quarterback and your head coach who's under 500 in your building. That doesn't happen. The circumstances here are unique. And this situation, because of that, is a long shot, and they pulled it off. Number one, I would say, in terms of how this happened or who gets the credit, this is a very fortuitous thing for Washington. This is They got lucky in a way. You know, There's good fortune here. Doesn't mean they didn't do something right as well. I'm, I'm not going to take credit away from them. I'll, I'll heap a lot of praise on the right people in a second. But in a normal situation... Eric Bieniemy, based on his resume as a head coach two years ago, for whatever reason, he has not become one despite 17 interviews. And the league has told him by way of their hiring practices and shutting him out, sorry, man, we're never going to hire you until you leave Andy Reid's shadow. We think Reid's doing everything. We don't think you're doing enough. So now he's got to leave Kansas City. In and of itself, there's no real precedent for a coach with this resume having to do that. There are guys who have left good situations, Matt LaFleur with the Rams under Sean McVay, because they wanted to go call plays and get out of the shadow of a star. But Matt LaFleur at that time was not the enemy. It was not 17 head coaching interviews in. He might have been one, if that, two at tops. Guys like this don't come available to be your coordinator. They just don't. And when he became available, okay, it was post-Super Bowl run, their hiring window was basically closed. Everyone had picked their coordinators for the most part already. That's another crazy part of why this is so fortuitous. You know, the Patriots had already gone with Bill O'Brien, and the Jets had gone with Nathaniel Hackett, and the Texans had hired Bobby Slowick, and the Chargers had hired Kellen Moore. Some of these hires are really good, in my opinion. The Cowboys had gone with Brian Schottenheimer. The Titans 
Tim Kelly, the, the Bucks, Dave Canales, essentially at the time when it became clear that Biennemi was going to leave the Chiefs, it was Baltimore and Washington that were linked to him, and there were one or two other jobs maybe that were open where he could even call plays. You're talking about four or five of the 32 teams in the league where he could have even gone and called plays. Max. One of those jobs, still open, Arizona, the quarterback is out for the year. It's, it's just a bad situation right now. So Washington's better than that. You kind of cross that one off. Then the Ravens said, you know what? We're actually hiring Todd Munkin. We're not waiting any longer. So they hired Munkin. They did 31 interviews with 15 candidates or something like that. And they had to wait another few days if they wanted to to talk to the enemy because uh, he wasn't interviewing with anyone until after the Super Bowl, his own idea, his own rules. So he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not. He hired. He interviewed for a head coaching hiring, didn't get the job, but he was not going to talk to anyone about the OC jobs. So the only teams that really waited long enough to have even had him were Tampa Bay, Washington, and Arizona. So now it's basically only three teams vying for this great candidate services. All of a sudden, you look pretty. Another fortuitous thing is that your head coach, Ron Rivera, is very good friends with Andy Reid. The stars kind of aligned here, right? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I think they were more lucky than good. Now, I will also give a lot of credit to Ron Rivera. He had to be willing to bring in a big name who's a star who's probably going to get to do it his way. Hell, if this thing works, he better do it his way. Ron Rivera had to still park the car, as I like to say. He had to uh, get the boat in the slip, and he did that. Bunch of dinners, they go to Passion Fish, they go to DC Prime, they're talking for 12 hours. He had to be willing to budge. He, he doesn't like to let coordinators bring in their own assistants if they're not Rivera guys. They're probably doing that. He had to give. He had to meet in the middle. You know, there was plenty of compromising that had to happen here. So I give Rivera credit for that. And as much as I hate to do this, and I think all of us do, Dan Snyder had to be willing, I would assume, to pay a bunch of money at a time when supposedly he's selling the team. He could have said, nah, I'm not dumping any more money into this thing. You know, the learners say, Mike Rizzo, we'll give you $12 million to spend this offseason or whatever the number was. Don't make any moves for more than $1 million on a one-year contract. My guess is Eric Bieniemy right now is the highest paid OC in the NFL. If he's not, he's got to be close to it. And so Snyder being willing to do that could be telling about him still being engaged. We could talk about that another time. But he gets some credit probably too. You know, the young playmakers on offense make this an exciting place to come. You get to work with McLaurin and Dotson in the passing and Curtis Samuel as a dual threat passer and runner at wide receiver. Uh, the running back room with Robinson, with Gibson is good. I don't know what he thinks of Sam Howell. You know, maybe he'll like the idea of working with a, a quarterback who's got some mobility, who's a kid, who's just getting started. What do you attribute this huge hire to? Who do you think deserves some of the credit? How did this come together? 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. And maybe we should attribute this to Danny, who was sick today. Because every time he's out, something huge happens. And this obviously wouldn't have happened if Danny was here. You're listening to The Fan. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network says it's a done deal. 
the terms of a multi-year contract for Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator in Washington have been agreed upon. He'll be the assistant head coach in the OC, according to Pelissero. What do you attribute this hire to? Who gets the credit? I'm going to say a lot of luck that Bieniemy doesn't have a head coaching job, that he has to leave Kansas City, that they went on a Super Bowl run, so by the time he was ready to go look for a job, most teams had already filled their, their gigs, and they're only a couple where he could call plays still available, and one of those was a guy that worked with Reed and his good buddies with him, Ron Rivera. That's a lot of good fortune. I also think the young playmakers they've assembled on offense make this a place where you would consider as an offensive coordinator wanting to come. McLaurin's outstanding. Dotson's phenomenal. Samuel's a weapon you you can use in the way that they've used Miko Hardman and some of uh, the, the gadget guys they've got in Kansas City. And they've got a good running game and a good running situation here with their running backs. And then I think you got to give Rivera plenty of credit for budging on some things he normally doesn't. The perception of him is you know, you're going to do it his way. You're, you're going to use his assistance. And I would imagine to get R- Rivera's deal done with the enemy, he compromised on a lot of that. But let's see what you guys think on who deserves some credit. Let's go to Sly in Clinton, Maryland on G&D. What's up, Sly? Hey, what's good, man? Look, pretty much everything you said. I'm going to tell you, no matter what, nothing could happen to make me give Danny Snyder credit for anything. So even if he didn't have, like, <laughs> if even he's the sole reason, there will be no force on the planet to give me any credit. You get my point, though. If he said, I'm not spending money right now, you're, going, you know, you're, you're hiring a cheap coordinator, then that's over pretty much. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, but then again, everything that he does successfully now, if he's genuinely interested in selling the team, success is in his favor. So hiring this coach only makes them more attractive to sell immediately, in my opinion. So he's a businessman first if he wants to. So he'll he'll take that initial investment. I'm not it, telling it, you he's a good dude. I'm just saying they needed money to do it, and they, they didn't have a hard time finding it, it doesn't sound like. I think it has everything to do with, like you said, the two head coaches involved. It's Andy Reid, and if it was a, if it was a head coach that was here, that was unstable or didn't have the, the disposition of Ron Rivera. And we got weapons, man. He got weapons. I mean, he can see us on paper. I mean, it hasn't worked on the field, but he can see us on paper. He knows it, outside of the quarterback in Kansas City and Kelsey, I take our entire offense over Kansas City's entire offense. All of them. You know, a couple linemen, but man Let me man, think about that. Appreciate the call. Offense. So we're taking quarterback out, which now nothing matters because Mahomes is ten times better than anything Washington's had, and that's all that matters. Uh, but if we're taking him and Kelsey, again, Kelsey, better player than anyone Washington's had in years. So just those two guys alone with nine replacement-level players is a better offense than Washington's. But to, to just follow you down the rabbit hole, the rest of the offense, McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson over their receivers, yes. Their offensive line is way better than Washington's. That's not even close. They shut the Eagles out, uh, and, and they had a really good year up front. Uh, I'll take Washington's running backs. Pacheco's really good, but he was a seventh-round pick who's kind of replacement level. I'll take the running back rooms, but I think that's kind of close. Tight ends outside of Kelsey, comparable. Theirs are more productive because it's a better scheme. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it almost like doesn't matter just because those other areas where you're saying, except quarterback, except Kelsey. Those are two of the, the 10 or 12 best players in the NFL. Let's go to Pat in Mechanicsville on G&D. What's up, Pat? Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Rivera deserves a lot of credit. Um, now, now, what I like to do, see to see him do in free agency, go out and get some big offensive linemen. And I like the uh, kid from Notre Dame, the tight end. But you know, you know, Mayor Grant, Michael was, Mayer. Y- yeah, 
Grant, I was just thinking, what if Bezos and them already have a deal in place and and they're just holding back a couple weeks to announce it, and then <laughs> Bezos comes in and says, let's go get Lamar Jackson. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. Uh, you're playing some fantasy football here, but uh, then a lot of reporters who are doing a lot of digging and talking to a lot of sources are, are missing a, a pretty big development. It, it doesn't sound like there's any deal in place. Bezos has yet to get involved. But specific to the, the, the reality we're dealing with here, uh, Eric Bieniemy coming aboard might mean that wide receiver is now – excuse me, quarterback's now a consideration again. You're set at wide receiver. You're massively going to upgrade line. Don't worry about that. They're going to. I've been told by everyone I've talked to in that building. It's their number one priority this offseason. Should they consider quarterback? Is that something they might do? Uh, we'll talk to Ben Standing about that from The Athletic. He's going to join us at the top of the hour with the latest – on this official agreement between Biennemi and the Commanders, according to NFL Network. And we'll get to more of your calls as well. Line them up. We'll get to them in the order they come in, reacting to the big news of the day. Eric Biennemi, your new OC in D.C. Grant and Danny on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 